All right, we're back. Welcome to He's Abroad, episode two. I am Jason here in New York, and joining me as always is John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's up, sure. John? How you doing? Sure. You are. It's true. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> I agreed. Sure was an agreement. All right, fair enough. How, how, did, the first epi- how did the first episode go? Was it, was it received at all? Oh, it was received. Somebody's listened to it, at least. <laughs> at least one person. Whoever is at... I don't know if the people at iTunes or Google or Spotify, for that matter, if they actually listened to it during the approval process. I doubt it. There's so many podcasts now, maybe 10, 15 years ago, but not Because there is a lag. There is a lag. You submit, and then you wait, and then they say, you've been approved. It's like, okay. It's probably just making sure, it's probably checking the feed, checking that the, the file that's in the feed isn't a virus, those types of things. It's probably just more of a security measure than anything else. They probably generate a transcript and then search for the N-word, and then if that's not there, then like, all right, it's good enough. I guess, but I'm sure there's some podcasts out there that are uh, that are saying some stuff. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised at this point. So. The alt, alt-right hour with Richard Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be. Again, there's podcasts in our for last, everybody. In our last segment, How to Dodge a Milkshake. Um, I was... What are your thoughts on that? People uh, throwing milkshakes at people for who, uh, who you disagree with politically. You shouldn't, you shouldn't throw stuff at people, period. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... I'm just kind of of that, like, you should keep your hands and objects to yourself. You can shout and yell what you want. That's fine. But yeah. the minute that you come in physical contact with anybody, that's out of line. And that's line for you to get your butt whooped. Plain and simple. Yeah. If, if you threw a milkshake at somebody and then that dude comes over there and whoops your behind, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. You threw a milk, you assaulted him. So, yeah, anything verbal assault for the most part, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? The guy said some words. that The words don't mean anything. It's fine. Keep, keep moving. But the minute that you yeah. come in contact with me, it's a problem. Because I was with somebody and someone was saying, yeah, this is a thing. We're going to throw, they throw tomatoes at people and they throw things at these people. Don't you think that's cool that we throw like tomatoes at neo-Nazis? I was like, not really. No. It's not that cool. Any, yeah, I shouldn't throw anything at anybody. I don't support neo-Nazis, but I also don't approve of assault. And that's what that is. Yeah. Don't assault people. Pretty, pretty plain and simple. So. Yeah, I thought so. Pretty much. A little bit too early for the political talk. Um, anything, <laughs> yeah, I we, uh, yeah, I thought we had a format to this. That's, <laughs> not, that's not political talk. That's just straight up. That, that came up in my personal life. Therefore, it is appropriate for this time of the, of the podcast. Because it was over the past week that somebody mentioned that to me. And they seemed kind of taken aback. Like, they walked away from that conversation. Like, I was talking to somebody um, who, is, who I was, uh, I was just saying something about how, yeah, I don't watch much TV because uh, it's just, just CNN in the background. It's like, you know, I find there's two types of people. People who watch CNN and people who watch Fox News. And I was like, all right, so you watch Fox News. <laughs> I should be wary of what I say to you. <laughs> it's real funny how, how CNN has like surpassed MSNBC as far as the other, the other side, the, the right or wrong side. It doesn't matter. The other side. The right or seems left have pointed side, yeah. It, yeah. Seems to have pointed at CNN now as being the main... The the main portrayer of mistruths. Seems yeah, to be I don't CNN. even think, and I don't even think they get the ratings that. No, MSNBC CNN's like fourth, right? Gets. Isn't it fourth or third? Fourth. Well, it's. I'm pretty sure it's behind MSNBC. Like Chris Cuomo is number three, compared to Hannity and Maddow. 
So that's, yeah, so maybe it's so maybe it's actually third. It's a network. Yeah, but if you're looking at news network, but it's because it's because of Trump. Trump calls out them, so he they get all the attention. Trump never says MSNBC is fake news. No, it's CNN's fake news. It's just easier. See, MSNBC has too many letters. That's the problem. If it was three letters, it would be easier. But CNN just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, sure. It's a little easier. But yeah, to stay away from political talk, uh, I'm doing all right. There's nothing nothing much going on. It's summertime. So lots of people outside, lots of kids running around because they're out of school. Here, it's odd, isn't it? Like, it's summer vacation, (laughs) and it's January. Yeah, uh, that is strange. I did uh, did get back on the ice. I started playing hockey uh, after my lengthy hiatus from holidays and being sick and other things. So that went all right. Still got it. Still got it. I'm on a two goal scoring streak after uh, after being cold prior to uh, prior to the break. So maybe that's what I need. Maybe every so often I got to take five weeks off, come back strong. Yeah, that's pretty good. But anyway, if you don't have much to talk about, and I don't have I much don't. to talk about, let's get into then, it. Then then let's get into it because you know what? If, if this is only episode two, so I could just refresh uh, anybody listening with how this goes. John is taking a break from social media and the news, so he doesn't know what's happening in the world. So, I, you know what's funny is that I really don't. <laughs> like I really, yeah. really don't. Like I've I see small things sort of pop up as I'm doing work or as people are telling me stuff. Like I know that the impeachment trial is going on, but I have no idea what's actually happening in it. All I know mm-hmm. is that it started. Um, yep. And as far as I'm concerned, Australia is still on fire. Mm-hmm. And sure uh, Trump's still your president, so there's there's nothing else that I got. That's it, and that's just me cool. sort of putting the pieces together. <laughs> well, that's great that you didn't bring up any of the things I was going to bring up now. So every so each week, I'm going to read John three stories, and he has a choice of which order that I go into. And if you want, uh, if you have something that you think John should know, um, you can submit them on our website, he'sabroad.com, or you can go to uh, Twitter uh, at he's at he's abroad, and uh, and you can tweet me there. John will never see it. So, just yeah. However, you want to send it to us, I will. I will find it. Um, and we're on Facebook at He's Abroad, but I don't really know if we have the actual domain yet, so I'm not going to say it. But find <laughs> us if we're there. Look for our heads like, on the globe. Yeah. So, here are your choices of the news on where on where you want to start today. So, option one: this might kill you. Option two. This might not kill you. And option three, this will kill you. Hmm. So where do you want to start? This is interesting. I like where this is going. Um, yeah. Let's start with, let's go in order. This might kill you. Let's start with that. All right. So you want some ambiguity. Okay, cool. So I'm all right with that. Reading from MSNBC. Oh, no, this is MSNBC. This is just NBC. It's fucking confusing, guys. Get your shit together. Ancient viruses never observed by humans discovered in Tibetan glacier. So, and uh, so I'm not going to read the subtitle because I'll just okay. get into it, but let's, let's go forward. So for the past 15,000 years, a glacier in the northwestern Tibetan plateau of China has hosted a party for some unusual guests, an ensemble of frozen viruses, many of them unknown to modern science. Scientists recently broke up this party after taking a look at two ice cores from the Tibetan glacier, revealing the existence of 28 never-before-seen virus groups. 
Investigating these mysterious viruses could help scientists on two fronts. For one, the stowaways can teach researchers which viruses thrived in the different climates and environments over time, the researchers wrote in a paper posted on the BioRxiv database on January 7th. However, this is a quote, in a worst-case scenario, this ice melt from climate change could release pathogens could release pathogens into the environment and quote the researchers wrote in the study which has yet not yet been peer-reviewed if this happens it's best to know as much about these viruses as possible the researchers wrote studying ancient glacial microbes can be challenging that's because it's extremely easy to contaminate ice core samples with modern day bacteria so the researchers created a new protocol for ultra clean microbial and virus viral sampling in this case the two ice cores sample a uh, sample from the Gulia ice cap on the Tibetan plateau were collected in 1992 and 2015. However, at those times, there weren't any special measures taken to avoid micro microbial contamination during the core drilling, handling, or transport. So, I just want to kind of jump jump to the end here, yeah, uh, because. This was uh, this one. As human-made climate change melts glaciers the world over, these viral <laughs> archives could be lost. The research is noted. Research into ancient viruses provides a first window into viral genomes and their ecology from glacier ice. The researchers wrote in the study and emphasized their likely impact on abundant microbial groups today. Okay. Um, why is this here? Because. <laughs> This sounds like every uh, sci-fi movie of a, or at least the start of a sci-fi pandemic movie or uh, where, oh, wow, we accidentally found this ancient virus that's now getting us all sick and killing us. But it's not only that. It's also like the plot of any of the Fast and Furious movies as well (laughs) of like there's a there's a there's a ultra bad guy and he's got this plot to like to thaw out a glacier. So it starts a virus. So your heroes need to go all the way across the world to understand that all the pieces put together for them to put some satellite or some big pole on top of a glacier to melt it. <laughs> that's because that's what it do. is. Because it's not just sci-fi. It's also like, oh, oh I yeah. know that there's this this evil thing. I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to cleanse the world. It's some real Thanos-type mess. Or or it's an elaborate Bond villain, right? Yes, either one. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that works I as can- well. How am I going to take over the world? I'm going to hold it hostage because I have this mechanism to melt the glaciers even faster. Not because of all the other stuff that you think about global warming, but because this one has this ancient virus that will that will wipe out humanity. Yes. Yeah. Or, or it's like or it's like any of the like the mummy movies, right? Isn't that kind of what that is? Like, wasn't the the second mummy or the third mummy or one of them? Where it's that's like, a whole bunch of movies. That was the Uncharted twist. Spoiler yes, alert! It's all of they, them. Some and that was the and they literally did the same twist in the Tomb Raider move in the Tomb Raider reboot movie. It's it's always that thing where oh why were they buried away oh because it turns people into zombies or it turns yes. them into whatever or it's got this ancient disease yeah the only thing I remember from the original mummy movie was uh, they locked that dude in the room with the scarabs at the end and that creeped me the fuck out yeah did did not like that. Did not like that. Yeah. It got it got very creepy. So I don't. Uh, so is this only? I mean, like this has to be other glaciers as well, right? It's just basically saying that the the atmosphere. And I mean, it's very similar to like finding finding like mosquitoes in amber, right? Like it's a similar thing, where it's like you want to sure. be able to test the atmosphere in the air 
from a long time ago because it gives you sort of a roadmap of where you are now and glaciers just happen to hold some of this because it's you know thousands and thousands of you know miles of ice I, I, miles seems a little big but you know it's, it's a ton of ice that's frozen in that yeah. can sort of store this stuff for a long period of absolutely time. yeah and i think that this is just one example right because with yeah, all the just, yeah, exactly because and it's only as deep as they've currently gone right you would imagine there's preservation of other disease and maybe even animals that are deep deep deeper into the into the glaciers that they still have yet to discover but it is interesting to think about that you have these old viruses that haven't even been documented or maybe even seen in, in generations. This is right. this is only going back to the 90s. But theoretically, you'd imagine they could go back even further, right? Absolutely. And then, yeah, yeah. If, and then if you do, if they do show up and start to spread, then... What do you do? Because those are those are old diseases. Like you think about if the if the Black Plague came back, right? Which which it has, I believe. Oh, the bubonic okay. plague has come back. I mean, before. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because someone was eating a groundhog or something, and they got and they died of the bubonic plague. Mm. I believe so. It was a groundhog, or it was something that someone had eaten something that they shouldn't. Or muskrat. There's something again. You can look it up. But there was some something that was eaten within the last six months has killed a bunch of people and given them the black plague. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, this, uh, if, but you'd imagine, like, compared to, like, now that we're kind of building these immunities because there's antibiotics in our meats and food supplies and Monsanto's messing up all that stuff, and it, it might be, it might be an interesting, uh, you'd imagine that we may, we may be more equipped than ever to deal with those kind of things, but we also might not be because of... I don't think we are because the perfect example is now that people have stopped vac- vac- vaccinating their kids. Yeah. We've brought diseases back that are very hard to... Like, we have things that prevent those diseases from ever occurring, but if they occur, it can start massive outbreaks and people aren't sure of, okay, you got a shot 30 years ago. Is that shot still valid? Does that stay in your system for long enough? So we don't know enough. But we're able to sort of get rid of diseases if people do the preventative measures, but not if they already exist. It's very hard to get rid of stuff when it's already here. It's easier to stop it from ever happening. So, yeah, I don't necessarily know if we're more we're more equipped to be able to scientifically figure out what the issue is, but are we more equipped to stop it from spreading against millions or billions of people? I don't necessarily think so. Yeah. guess we'll find out. I well, hope we don't find out. Hold on. <laughs> like, I hope we don't find out. I don't. I don't want some, uh, fair some ancient Tibetan disease unless it's gonna give me superpowers. Don't don't give me some ancient Tibetan cough. <laughs> I don't want those problems. Well, as long as new diseases keep popping up, we'll always you'll always be posing that question: Are we equipped to deal with it, or are we not? And usually, and you hope that the answer is always yes, we are. But the and you hope that you never answer that with the former which is well we're not well i again i'm always i think the one thing that i am super terrified about when everyone talks about world war three and sort of what will be the end of humanity the the bio the biological warfare one scares me the most yeah because the other ones it's like nuclear bomb you're done like really like it's it's over like sure you get radiation poisoning and that's and that's extremely painful but if you're right at the heart of the blast it's over Right, like, but like, December, biological yeah. warfare seems awful. It seems like that can slowly wreak havoc through nations and the way that we travel now. All of that stuff can become a giant. I mean, you've seen it with measles, with kids getting measles um, because they're not getting vaccinated, and yep. you know, someone travels through a, 
four or five stores, does the regular thing. They don't know that they have it. They get extremely sick. And now everyone who's ever gone to those places needs to go to the doctor and get a shot. Like it's, And that's a really small case. But think about it. It's like wreaked havoc through the Pacific Islands because they don't have the medical equipment the way that we have in the U.S. or anywhere else in the third world. So, yeah, let this thing run havoc through a country that's got a bunch of people in a densely populated area, but they aren't as financially capable as the rest of the world. You can wipe out entire groups of people. Yeah. Now, it's not going to be often that I do this, but I'm going to choose the next one for you because okay, it's a that's perfect fun. transition. I'm cool. going to tell you what will kill you. Okay. Let me tell you about the coronavirus. <laughs> do you know anything about this? I have no, no idea. All I know is that Corona is uh, Mexican, maybe Mexican beer. <laughs> Because I don't know if it's okay. actually made in Mexico anymore. Well, this is uh, coronavirus, one word. So I'm actually reading from uh, CNN Health. Um, it's a, it's technically the article is a visual guide to the Wuhan coronavirus. Okay, and this is being updated regularly, and I made sure to confirm it because I had all these different sources, and I was like, oh, good, this is perfect. So. An outbreak of new of new coronavirus has sickened about 1,400 people worldwide and killed at least 41 in mainland China while spreading to countries around the world. Its emergence has fueled fears of a deadly epidemic as hundreds of millions of people travel in China or around the Asian region during the Lunar New Year holiday. How are you feeling so far? Feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling okay. <laughs> Great. Okay, so what is the virus? Coronavirus is a large family of viruses, which includes severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, and Middle East Respiratory Cyst Syndrome, MERS. The common, common symptoms include a runny nose, cough, sore throat, and possibly a headache. Those who have a weakened immune system, particularly the young and the elderly, are at risk of the virus turning into a more serious respiratory tract illness. Authorities have said the Wuhan coronavirus was passed from animals to humans, can be spread from person to person, and appears to cause pneumonia in people who have weakened immune systems. It is thought to be a mild, a milder, it is thought to be milder than SARS and MERS and take longer to develop symptoms. Patients to date have typically experienced a mild cough for a week, followed by shortness of breath, causing them to visit a hospital. Experts are now trying to understand how it is being transmitted, who is at most risk, and whether transmission is occurring mostly in hospitals or in the community. In one instance, 14 doctors and nurses operated on a patient who is not known to be carrying the virus were all infected with it, suggesting it can, be, it can spread relatively easily. <laughs> so, that's the, that's the top-line information about, um, about the coronavirus. Where is this happening? Started in Wuhan with a population of 11 million. I could breeze through this, and I could tell you where it is, uh, yeah, where where is, it is confirmed now. Okay. Yeah. So, the, uh, the virus has spread well beyond mainland China. So far, 13 places, including Hong Kong, Macau, Taiwan, Singapore, South Korea, Thailand, Japan, Vietnam, Australia, and the United States. Airports around the world have increased health screenings and implemented new quarantine procedures as officials race to slow the spread of the virus. Various countries, including the U.S. and U.K., have also issued travel advisories for Wuhan. So, like, some people are even canceling flights to all that. If you're wondering how this compares to SARS, um, this started from so from December eighth through January twenty fifth. That's a uh, so there have been one thousand three hundred ninety seven confirmed cases and forty nine and forty one deaths. Death rate of two point nine percent. SARS was around from November two thousand two to July two thousand three. Eight thousand ninety eight cases, seven seventy four deaths. 
death rate 9.6 percent so that's that's the top line information but this thing is um basically cnn is uh dominated by uh two stories impeachment and this really yep so this is what's going on and granted that means this accounts for maybe 10 five to 10 minutes on the hour but now that it's hit the u.s there's a yeah, case in chicago and a case in seattle that's it okay. but they are they're both quarantined to being treated they showed a picture of the guy's bed i guess or where he is and it's just like this bubble bed and all these like <laughs> you know those those rubber gloves that go inside yes so that you can you know touch the guy without actually touching him it it's like freaky stuff um but yeah, that, that's the latest. Um, while while the last story might have talked about something that we could worry about as a uh, kind of longer term global warming threat, this is uh, happening right now. It's spreading yeah. pretty, pretty quickly, and uh, a lot of people in China. So a lot of people, and again, this is spread pretty quick and compounded with the Chinese New Year. A lot of people flying in and out of China. Yeah, a lot of people traveling, and a lot of people traveling in and out of China just in general. I mean, you see where it's spread. It's basically spread to everywhere around China and then Australia and the U.S. So, yeah, to think that this won't spread to Europe or won't spread to somewhere in the Middle East is would be naive. Yeah, it's wild. So, but it seems I like mean, it won't. But it seems like as long as you've got a fairly healthy and strong immune system, you should be okay. Should be okay. Yeah, should be. I mean, it's but still relatively, know. still relatively young. They, they've. Um, I guess it first started popping up in December, and right. it just recently has spread into other countries. So yeah, I think that's the case with most most of these diseases. Like you remember SARS being this really crazy yes. thing, and then you look at these numbers, and you're like, okay, so I'm going to say only, and obviously none of it's good, but only eight thousand ninety eight confirmed cases total. Right, cases. That, that that doesn't mean deaths. That just means people who've contracted it. And that's yeah, a small the, sample and then size. Of that, and then 10% of, 9.6% of that actually died from it. Right. So, yeah, it's a very small sample size. So, the odds are in the favor of, even if you have it, it's just like, okay, well, how do you deal with it? Right. Because even this right now, you're at 2.9% death rate. But that's 13, that's 1,400 cases confirmed in, you know, less than two months. So there's, you know, it's growing, it's spreading, and that's, and it, they're on top of it, which is good. You could only hope, right? There's always one of these things that pops up. This is the latest hullabaloo, we'll call it. So <laughs> it might kill you. I, I, I said this, I know this was in the this will kill you category, but right. it, it will kill some people. That's, that's for sure. And it already has. And just, just uh, might not, just, it might not be you. It might be. It, it might. This, this, again, we are facing this question with this one. Do we have the means to handle it? Looks like, yeah, but they really, um, when something new pops up like this, the way that they just pop people in quarantine and really shut down things, it's like, well, we got to stay the hell out of Wuhan. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I never even heard of Wuhan Neither until. Lie, but, but China's a big place. So. But I'm looking at this map, the international airports, they got like, <laughs> they got routes from all over the world and they are being shut down. Scoot was mentioned in this article. <laughs> you want to know Scoot what's really. down their flight to uh, Wuhan. You want to know what's really funny? It's got a message from my mother. Mm-hmm. It says, Jonathan, when were you planning on going to China? The coronavirus yep. seems to be pretty serious. <laughs> so there just you go. Now? Just now. Literally, that's the thing that just popped. As soon as you finished, that's what just popped up. So there you go. Love so it's it. obviously big enough news. <laughs> it is big enough news. It's making the rounds. 
But I wonder how many people were infected by that measles virus then when that started popping up. Again. Uh, I don't know the numbers, York, but it was but it was enough people because it was it was everywhere. It hit it happened here, it happened in Australia, it happened everywhere. There was cases of measles outbreak, and most of it's because people stopped vaccinating their kids. And so they they were trying to because normally you get the MMR shot. Right, as you're a kid, you get one when you're old enough to get it, and then you most likely have a second booster shot when you're in your teens at some point. Some people never get the second right. booster shot, but you normally get a second booster shot when you're in your teens. And because of all these anti-vax people who've decided that it's best for kids to fight through those these diseases themselves, for whatever reason, or that these shots actually give you autism, which is, again is insane. Um, because people have started having sort of these measles parties or, hey, your kid has chicken pox, I'm bringing my kid over so they can get it over, it over it together. Because this has started happening, there's lots of people who thought they were vaccinated but weren't. So when you have a kid who hasn't been vaccinated for measles and then there's someone around who thinks that they've been vaccinated but they haven't and they happen to catch it, it's extremely dangerous for your child and it's extremely dangerous for elderly people who might have thought they've gotten the shot. Because, again, everyone's medical records are or I don't remember all my medical records because a lot of it happened when I was a kid. So how are you going to remember that you've been vaccinated for this specific thing? You have to go ask your parents and your parents probably don't really remember. They're like, I think you did. Right. Like that's happened with everybody. And because, you know, there's enough countries where maybe this wasn't commonplace because they're like measles have never been here. So why do I have to worry about it? And people travel more than ever. There's a better chance of these diseases that we thought were gone spreading and these diseases mutating into something else. So when you thought you were protected, you're not. Because as these last two stories said, you start combining stuff together and you make a disease that no one's accounted for. You get something that combines SARS and MERS. And now it's like, oh, well, we've got those two things covered. We didn't have this third super thing covered. But they said it's like a milder version of it. But Sure, it but be, it's still something that But that's it also might to, fall yeah. in a somewhere in between that is different than both. And they said like if somebody was being operated on who didn't show any symptoms, the next thing you know, 14 doctors had, had the disease. Yep. It's very funny. Like, oh. my, just an update. My mom has also said we will be wearing masks on the plane when we go home on Saturday. So that's fun. <laughs> there you go. So somebody yeah. wearing uh wearing the mask on the wearing a mask with one of those with the vents. So oh, yeah. on the subway. So that on subway yesterday. Um Yeah, I is the chicken pox party really a thing? Like do people yeah. really do that? Well anti vaxxers do. Yeah. Like one kid. Anti vaxxers? I thought that was like a is it an anti-vaxxing thing? It, well, it is an anti-vaxxing thing because it's there was trying a South to, Park. There was a South Park because it's, it's the that. whole point. It's the whole point is kids should they should let their immune system work to get over diseases naturally. That is sort of the common. So there's reasons why, whether it's autism or you know these diseases are uh, you know making your kids whatever your reason is. The way to solve this is to try and let kids get over these diseases as fast as possible. So yeah, people have been bringing their kids together. When one kid has chicken pox, to say, well, let's just try and get all this over together so all the kids have it at the same time. Um, so that's totally a thing versus being like, oh, well, because some kids never get chicken pox or they get a very mild case of chicken pox. Like my case of chicken pox was not very, was not very big. So you had um, chicken pox. I had chicken pox, but I didn't have it for very long. I had it for a very mm. short amount of time. Um, I didn't. So yeah, I so don't good, think I ever yeah. got chicken pox. So the thing is, if you don't get chicken pox as an adult or you don't get them as a kid you most likely, at some point, be a bigger risk to get shingles as an adult. Ah, shit. And shingles is super, is really serious. It's super painful. It's, it's like chicken pox for adults, really. 
And so that's why people are people have started getting more cases of shingles because we've done less to sort of prevent chickenpox. We people have tried to let chickenpox hey, let's bring all these kids together and let it take its course, and that means that other people who haven't had it are greater chance of getting it. Because again, it's just irresponsible. It's irresponsibility with people not getting kids shots in general, like not just vaccinations, but shots that help their immune system. Yeah, the intent to get anybody sick for any reason is kind of rude, let alone your own kids. Yeah. That's just kind of messed up. Why would you do that? But yeah, people have been convinced. It gives them autism. So I was I was going to Google shingles, and then I realized that's probably an awful idea. So I did. Yeah, if you've never had chicken pox, there's a, very, there's, a, there's a higher chance that you'll get shingles. And even if you had, you still might get shingles. But there's a higher chance that you'll get shingles if you're exposed to chicken pox because chicken pox is an adult. It doesn't come out as chicken pox. Like if you have a kid and your kid has chicken pox and you're like, Ooh, I haven't had chicken pox. There's a great chance that you won't get chicken pox. You'll get shingles. Yeah. Shingles just sounds like something you have on a house, which is what it sound like, uh, which it is. <laughs> you do oh, it is. All right. Yeah. It's not crazy. Yeah. It's a weird name for a disease. Yeah. All right. You want to know what might not kill you? Yes. All right. Here we go. We're going back to Australia. Reading from CNN again here. Fake news. So take it for what it's worth. First fires, then floods. Now Australians need to watch out for deadly funnel web spiders, expert says. It's Australia, man. Uh, I don't, I don't know why I'm laughing it. about that, but I, I just, I mean, you don't really need to read much more of the article than that, but we're here. So I guess what I would ask is what is a funnel web spider? All right. Well, here we go. I'm glad you asked. So I I am going to read these first two paragraphs. They're quick, though. Australia has already dealt with the extreme fires, flooding, and hail this year. Now, I didn't realize the hail was a thing. Now experts are warning people to watch out for deadly funnel web spiders due to perfect conditions for the arachnid to thrive. Native to the moist forest regions of eastern Australia, several funnel web species are known for their highly toxic and fast-acting venom. On Wednesday, the Australian Reptile Park, based in Somersby in New South Wales state, said spider activity has increased in recent days. Quote, because of the race, recent rain and now the hot days we are now experiencing, funnel-web spiders will start to move around. Funnel-web spiders are potentially one of the most dangerous spiders on the planet in terms of a bite towards humans, and we have to treat it very seriously. End quote. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Yeah, these things are terrifying. I mean, most most spiders look terrifying. Uh, people have pet spiders are weird. We, we we could agree on that. Well, they have like pet tarantulas, right? That's that's a yeah. that's like a furry spider. It's a spider, but it's like a big, it's like a bigger, chunkier spider. It's not like having a daddy long legs as your uh, as a pet. True, it's it's a little different, but it's still. It's creepy. I'd have I'd have question I'd have questions about that person. I probably wouldn't be friends with them. So I, so what's the what's the creepiest pet you can own? Like like common pet, not like a tiger or something crazy. Is, is it a tarantula? <sighs> There's something. Uh, at least the tarantulas are furry. There's something odd about a snake. Yeah, but snakes aren't as especially since to me though. Like yeah, but you this feed furry little ball of legs. It's creepy. Yeah, but think about the think about a snake and how you feed it. You are basically murdering something. Like every time you feed your snake, like if you're feeding your snake mice, you're yeah. like making sacrifices to your pet every time it needs a snack. Yeah. yeah, but I guess you can feed it live mice, or you can feed it, uh, or you can feed it frozen mice. Have you ever watched a snake eat a mouse? Like, did you ever do that at, at like a field trip or something along those lines? 
No, I feel like I, no, I haven't. But I have seen Anaconda, so it's probably similar to that. Well, it's weird because now, now that I'm thinking about it, like this totally happened when I was a kid. It was like, yeah, let's go to this like nature <laughs> reserve and let's watch this snake eat this mouse. And now the kids are sitting there at the glass. I was like, ooh, what's he going to do? <laughs> so now that I think about it, I was like, that's super creepy. They totally dropped, dropped a live little mouse in there. And yeah. then this little snake, and the snake doesn't do a lot. Like, the mouse kind of runs all over it and, do, and is doing yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, it's terrified. It knows yeah, and then it's going to die. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, so what are they playing? And then pow, it's done. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, and then it just and then it takes unhinges them. jaw and But then it takes forever up. for them. To, it just It's slowly going down his neck yeah and you're just like oh my god what a horrifying creature <laughs> so yeah, yeah maybe again i still think tarantulas uh, are more creepy but yeah but snakes, why why do you think a tarantula is creepy just because it's furry do you i think you just have something about a furry arachnid is unsettling to you well i think the problem is that if it is if it escapes your tarantula escapes right like if your snake escapes i feel like you can for the most part find it if it's big enough if your tarantula escapes you're never finding that thing yeah, but the tarantula, what's it going to do? Because most, most tarantulas are, if you have a pet tarantula, it's probably defanged, right? It's not going to hurt you. I would hope you so. <laughs> yeah, whereas if a snake is out there, it's still like killing mice. It's still doing shit. Yeah, it's killing mice, but that's kind of like, it's you know, pr- protecting your house, though. <laughs> if you got mice in your house, put a snake up there. You're good. Who knows what else you eat? It might eat your cat. Yeah, maybe if you got a big enough snake. That's that got to be pretty big, though. Like, or, I know your, a lot of ca- or your teacup Maltese <laughs> might eat your little dog. Yeah, you never know. It depends what kind of snake you got. Like if you have a like one of those people who carry around like, who have like six feet snakes as pets, like all right, we got those problems. <laughs> but what other kind of like weird pets can you have that would actually fit the mold of creepy? I, I keep going towards more reptiles. Yeah, it's got to be reptiles because you got to have like the heater lamps and all that stuff. Like it's something that doesn't belong in a in a cage really like it doesn't belong i mean nothing really belongs in a cage but i think specifically um like reptiles they need sun and like they don't belong in you know upstate new york like they belong in like miami (laughs) so you got an iguana and you got to keep all these weird like grow lights around it so that way it doesn't die yeah there's something odd about a about an iguana with like it's weird like kind of uh flesh beard you know that yeah thing's exactly odd looking yeah when it like eats that. like little when it eats little you, you basically put like a thing of mosquitoes or a thing of bugs in it and it just sort of sits there and between licking its eyeball and snatching <laughs> something out of the air right like that's <laughs> but iguanas look cool though like you can at least pull them out and they got little you know they've got four legs and a tail like it's less creepy than a furry thing with eight legs or a long cylindrical slimy thing with no legs what about piranhas? Now, fish, I think piranhas are cool, personally. Because fish are cool, right? Like you just put But it in of a tank. all the fish you could have, you get these flesh-eating things. Yeah, I guess. But I guess you don't really get... Well, I guess you can't get piranha. You get piranha, you get whatever, the betas, the ones that fight each other. So, yeah, I don't know. I would say that the creepiest thing, aquatic thing to have is an octopus. Because octopus apparently escape from anything. Oh, yeah. That would be So, really you strange. shouldn't have an octopus in a tank because they basically can flatten themselves to the size of a sheet of paper. Yeah, there's certain things with pets. I, you know, there's something creepy about uh, having a bird. I don't know what it is, but I don't, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not on board with that either. Well, like, I think it's just because doing? birds live forever as well, right? Like most likely, if you get a bird, if you get like a parrot, it's gonna outlive you. <laughs> there's a good chance. Yeah, but if you if you own a caged bird, like there's something creepy about that. In I bought this pet, and it's a thing that is naturally has the gift of flight and it will live in my house 
Yeah, but I guess you clip its wings as well, so it can't fly as far. Yeah, that's even worse. They can, yeah. like, that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. There is there is a um, there's like a power trip or an ego to owning a bird, right? Unless you have like an injured bird. If you have a rescue bird, is that a thing? Like it was shot by a hunter and it's only got one, you know, one wing, and you're like, yeah, I got this. I'm I'm just helping this bird. I out. don't think so. That doesn't exist. I don't think so. Not not for birds. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Then otherwise, then I got problems. I got problems with uh, with bird owners. There's something weird about it. Yeah. There's something creepy. It, there's something creepy about it. I look. It should be a dog or a cat, and I, I'd say probably humanely, cats are probably more humane because they don't give a shit. Yes. Whereas a dog, whereas a dog always wants to leave. <laughs> Yeah. A dog okay. wants to run around and be a dog, unless well, it's like well, one cats of these. Cats kind of want to run around too, but yes, most likely cats are cats are the probably the easiest of the the the, the furry, cuddly house pets that you can have. Yeah, because cats don't really care about you. <laughs> no, and and cats are the perfect pets where it's like I I want a pet, but I have limited time for responsibility. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> this is this is the pet. Like theoretically, I would love to have a dog. Right, but I, it's just not. Well, especially doable. in New York, it's not doable. You you'd have to. What is doable? To, like if you live if you live right next to work and you don't play hockey three times a night, uh, three times a week, and uh, you know you're actually home most of the time to be able to walk it and take care of it. Yes, and you're going to like parks and running around and doing Absolutely, all this shit. Yes, then then yeah, you could do it. I mean, a lot of people make it work. That's right. not. Or if you can take your not my lifestyle. Or if you can take your pet to work as well, right? Like if True. you live close, if you're if you live close to work, you can walk down the street, take your pet to work, and you can sit there. And a lot of people have done that. Um, place I worked in L.A. did that. You could bring your dog to work. I like a dog in a bag. Uh, there's something <laughs> about it, something adorable about a dog in a bag. Yeah. Yeah. You know? you, you're gonna argue with me? You can't. No, I can't. You no, know I'm right. It's a yeah. dog in a bag is the opposite of a pet snake. If you're yeah, walking around I guess with your some people snake would walk with a around snake with around snake. your neck, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've seen both in the wild. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I've seen both in New York. I've seen dudes walking around with snakes, and I've seen and I've seen dudes walking around with uh, dogs in a bag. And one makes you say "aw," and the other one makes you say, uh, "I'm going to walk on the other side of the street." That's the difference. Yep, that's the difference. So just stay away from reptiles. Just let them be in the wild. You know. I mean, most pets, th- theoretically. But if you want to know what these uh, what these funnel web spiders are up to, um, they're killing people. At least twenty eight people have died nationwide um, since um, since July when the fire season started. Damn, when does fire season end in Australia? I, had, I asked Alice that the other day, and nobody knows. Apparently, <laughs> I was like, "Is this going to end? Like, are they waiting for rain? Like, what are they waiting for? Like, what do you do? Do you just let this burn everything, or do you? Because think about it, you're going from summer and most likely to fall very soon." within the next month, right? Let's say into February, maybe middle of February is when fall will start. So you're hoping to get a bit more changing of weather. But Australia is always generally pretty warm. Like, it's not necessarily that Australia gets snow, right? Like, it's always generally pretty warm, and you'll maybe get some rain. So I guess you wait for the rain. But yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Well, oh, sorry. The 20 people have not died from the spiders. That was just a general statistic of 20 people who've died nationwide from the fires. If this was the time before... The internet, or before Christ, this is what um, people in Australia would be writing religions based on this. Absolutely, or it would be, it would be re- revelations. It would be the end of times. You literally are go- starting to go through yeah. the, like the stages of plague. 
the forest is on fire. Yes. Then there was because it was like severe thunderstorms delivered relief to some areas late last week. Although flash flooding created new risks, <laughs> so it's like oh the rain's here, but it wasn't a good rain. It flooded most of our most of our cities. Part of the southern parts of southeastern Australia were also pelted by hailstones the size of golf balls, big enough to smash car windows and injure birds. Less than twenty four hours after the region was hit by massive dust storms. <laughs> And now, killer spiders. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's end of times. Is what it seems like. So Australia, what have you done? Like, what? What has Australia done? Is this they, uh, you think they it's re-elected a karma that thing, dude. or <laughs> they reelected whatever the whatever the current prime minister's name is? Oh, then I hate to see what's going to happen next uh, here in the <laughs> here in the states. Oh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. So Australia, be on the lookout, um, or get the hell out of Australia. As as always, I believe people in Australia are always on the lookout for any sort of thing that crawls or slithers, because it can all kill you. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, that's it. That's all the news I got for you today. Wonderful. That's all you. That's all you need to know. Um, so now, the the fun part of the news that I like to talk about: a little bit of reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. I got two options for you. You want to know about this impeachment thing, or do you want to know what's going on with the Democratic primaries? <laughs> and, oh, wow. I mean, you've given me two poison pills here. Or if there's something that you maybe heard rumblings about that you really want to know about, then <sighs> well, we could get I into mean, it. Well, I mean, I don't know what's going on with impeachment. I really don't. Um, okay. where the Democratic- do you know why he's being impeached? I know why. Like, I, I, was, I was still watching TV when they, when they did that over, like, right before Christmas. When they gave oh, yeah. the obstruction and yeah, the, uh, quid the pro like, quo, yeah, exactly, like the obstruction of like not letting people actually come and speak to this, and also um, the fact that he did the pit, quid pro quo or the sort of if you do this, I'll do this for you, it's or a, I abuse, won't of, do power. This. abuse, it's abuse of power, abuse of power. That was what it was. So yeah, but otherwise, I don't. I have no information. Only thing that I knew was that they were supposed to give over the article. So we're talking about impeachment. That, that's what I'm selecting. Um, they were supposed All to right. give over the articles of impeachment to the. Senate and what's her name Nancy Pelosi was like nah I don't really trust you guys I want to see what your process is and then that's where I sort of left off so I'm guessing they came to some sort of process they delivered these documents and now they're doing it I don't really know I have no idea yeah so they did officially hand over the documents that impeachment has I mean he was impeached after they voted on it that's how it works yeah so he is impeached he just hasn't been thrown out of office difference yeah so now after you're officially impeached it goes to the Senate and then they do the trial and the trial is basically they determine whether or not he is guilty based on the trial consisting of the Senate, of um, which is um, looked over looked over by uh, one of the justices. In this case, it's John Roberts, and he's not really doing shit. He's just like, mm, all right, whatever, whatever you want to do, Mitch. So um, the the big thing that she wanted to withhold the documents for, they were trying to get leverage to get a deal to make sure there's going to be witnesses for this. And that's actually the biggest thing of question here. So they have not heard from a lot of people close to the event. So basically, if you don't know what happened at all, the whole crux of this is uh, Donald Trump was on a call with the, or basically aid, foreign aid was approved to the Ukraine. Okay, that was that was the first that happened. It was approved by both branches of government. It was good to go. It was ready to go. Um, Trump 
then decided to place a hold on the on that money to go to the Ukraine that was already proved to go. And he, it was dependent on the, or this is all alleged, I suppose, but it was based on the point that you need to announce that you're investigating uh, the Joe Biden because he was, his son was put on the board of a Ukraine oil company called Burisma um, like years ago. And that, and the side come from the left is, well, that's corruption and abuse of power because you're withholding aid for political gain and to help you in the next election because Joe Biden could potentially be, and at this point still is, even if it's not by a massive margin, the front runner in the Democratic uh, primary. So if he is going up against Joe Biden and all of a sudden they're going up and they're um, invested and they say we're investigating him for corruption, then that's obviously, you know bad for biden and then there was a uh, a whistleblower who came out and said hey this thing happened and then that is what launched the um it was corroborated to an extent and then they launched a impeachment inquiry there was a whole bunch of hearings all these other things and then it led to the impeachment so that's what backed it up where we are now is the process in the Senate. So they didn't get a deal to guarantee witnesses to be heard in right. the, in the Senate because up until that point, we never, they want to hear from people who were just straight up told not to go. So Trump was basically using executive privilege as they call it, which technically isn't a real thing. Um, it's one of these kind of traditions, I suppose. Uh, but he was withholding certain documents and he was also telling people to just not show up. So most of the people who showed up were being like, no, I'm going to go anyway. Uh, and they didn't hear from like former, uh, what was he? Um, I forgot his title, but uh, John Bolton, he was, um, he's one of the guys, he's a guy with the crazy mustache. Yes. I think, uh, I think I remember he was, uh, the na- national security advisor. He was, um, He's he was quoted a few times as saying like they were cooking up a drug deal, <laughs> uh, and that was and so they want him to testify. They want Mick Mulvaney to testify. His position is, let's see here. He is the acting White House Chief of Staff, and he basically straight up said to press at one point when they said, "Is this quid pro quo?" He's like, "You could call it whatever you want. We yeah, do this all the time." Yeah, he told people to get over it. Yeah, get over it. Exactly. So, so they want him to testify, among others. I mean, so how my would general question is: Yeah, he's not getting thrown out of office. Probably not. So, Probably what not. is the point of doing all this at this point? Is it just to show the America? Is it, are they doing this strictly for the election ammo to say when you, whoever the Democratic person is, they're the they're not Democratic, the Democrats' selection to run for president is when they have a debate, they can just go, "Well, you were impeached." Is that why we're doing they, this? I don't know. I I definitely think that Democrats are right in doing this because what he did was definitely a problem. And it's a problem, but is it can, but is it worthy of getting thrown out of office? And that's the question, right? But that's not the frame, that's not the narrative that you have on either on the side. So 
Democrats are coming and saying, this is a problem. He should be removed from office because this is an abuse of power. And if you don't do it, it'll be deemed as okay. And it'll be, and it'll happen again, either through him or down the road. And it'll set precedent to allow this to happen without consequence down the road. And the other side says, nothing happened. Everything was fine. (laughs) It's not even like acknowledging that this stuff was even a bad thing. Now, there's a couple outliers that are like, well, maybe, but the issue is that this was a bad thing. And a reasonable argument would be, is this worth impeachment? Well, it's worth impeachment. They've deemed that it's worth being impeached. Is it worth being thrown out of office is the question. Like, sure, you could be impeached and say that you did something wrong. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you did something wrong that allows you to no longer be president. It can right, be but like nobody sort of no, set the precedent that says if you do this, you will, the history shows you will probably be impeached if you do this. But right, that doesn't but mean nobody, you'll be thrown out of office. Yeah, nobody on the Republican side has actually said this is wrong, but not worthy of impeachment. Nobody. It's all just that's he didn't do anything wrong. It was a perfect right. phone call. Yada yada. And then now at the Senate. To actually get those other witnesses who might have some more information to color in the lines, that's what we're leading towards right now, which is the question of, is there going to be witnesses or is there not going to be witnesses? So they had their statements presenting their case. So you had a bunch of people from the House all presenting to the Senate. The House basically over the course of three days presented their case, and it was quite quite well done. The guy Adam Schiff is really like a master in orating and the way he presented the case was was amazing like it was really clear coherent and you get it and it's tough to argue with really anything he said and that took three days the republicans laid out their case the um or i should say trump's team laid out his case uh today and i watched it in its entirety it was like and it was two hours and they didn't refute they, they basically didn't even try to refute anything that was said. They were just saying, no, this wasn't about withholding aid. This was about, he said he wanted to make, this wasn't about withholding aid for political gain. He said that they, if you look at the, what he said before, he's like, oh, we pay a lot, but these guys don't pay enough, so they should be paying more. But that has nothing to do with it because the money was already approved to be paid to the Ukraine. They have an issue with the, pro- they're saying, oh, there was a problem with the process um, that, it shouldn't have gone down the way it did. Meanwhile, it's basically gone down the way it has in all the other impeachments. Sure. Um, and the and the question now is, the first vote is going to be, do we have additional witnesses before, before making a decision? And the Democrats, who are the minority, so they have zero leverage, have basically proposed throughout the course of whatever the like opening statements for was um they would jump in and say hey we'd like to propose this um hearing from this witness and they did this like eight times and it was always tabled 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 and then they'll go through them all i assume at the end of probably early next week and that's just a simple majority to hear from witnesses so if you get four republicans to say yeah i want to hear more because something is wrong or because even then if they do that then you'll actually get the witnesses and it'll carry on you'll have testimony and that'll that'll work right there's a step before it which is 
questions get can be asked from the senators to the House and to the to Trump's counsel. But that's actually the next step. And then it comes to, all right, do we have witnesses? And then do we or do we not? Do we a- a- admit further evidence? Like there's there's other stuff that came out. Like this this guy Lev Parnas is just kind of blowing the lid open on his relationship with Trump and how all this stuff has been kind of in the works at Ukraine for a while between Rudy Giuliani and Trump and this guy. And Trump's like, I don't even know that guy. He's like, every time he says, you don't know me, I'm going to release a picture of you and I together. And he's just (laughs) released all these different pictures. He's done it with Trump's like, uh, even Pence is like, I don't know that guy. And then he's like, all right, here's a picture of us together. (laughs) It's just, it's just all so exhausting. And I don't necessarily like, if he's not going to get thrown out of office is the point of this just to show to try to get people to say, see, we can't do anything, but if you're paying attention, you realize how bad this is. Is that the point? Because otherwise, I'm missing the point of just doing all this charade and wasting everybody's time. Well, you do it. The the righteous argument is you do it because it's right, and what he did was wrong. But that's why and I always you, hear a bunch of like the Constitution and all that stuff, and they, I'm yeah. like, that's just as bad as the, as the Second Amendment people. Well, the Constitution, well, our forefathers, so do your forefathers own slaves. I'm done hearing from them old white dudes. Like, give me a reason. Like, yes, does he seem like a bad dude? Yes. But if you're not actually going to do anything about it, you do the impeachment and you try to set the precedent that this is the process, but I'm, I'm failing to see the overall point of it. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking a bit from a devil's advocate. Yeah, I hear you. But the, just saying, like, and again, I see why people are being like, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of, like, we have so many other problems. And yet we want to sit here and go after this dude for this specific reason. And it's mostly because, yeah, you know what? You don't like him, really. Like, we don't like him. We don't, people don't like Trump. He's, he's a jackass. Why would you like him? But it seems like that is, that's the other argument, which is just like, this is a big waste of time because you're not going to kick him out of office because you can't. In an impartial, in an impartial situation. And our politics are not impartial, which is the number you're one right. problem. You're right, but if it was, then you could look at this and say, "That's wrong. You shouldn't do that." Or that's not that's not that wrong. Like someone can make an impartial. But that's the thing; it, those two are not mutually exclusive. You would have to, in an impartial, if everybody was impartial, everybody would start at the same point, saying what he did was wrong, and we're not even there. So. Getting I guess people that's there the question, is that what, is what he did was problem. wrong? Is yeah. that, like, again, I can see the other side and go, well, I'm sure people do this all the time, and there's just not any history of it. It's just the fact that you have the, I guess because you have the whistleblower who's brought f- a formal complaint forward, that's what makes it sort of, it's not just hearsay. Like, someone brought this forward and said, hey, I my job is to sort of report these things, and I'm reporting that what I what I was part of as a government official was wrong. And why he's doing it. It's not just about withholding aid for no. Any it's because he it's, wants dirt on his political opponent so we can win the next election. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, because you have they'll point to well, Biden did the same thing when he withheld aid so they could fire this prosecutor. Yes. And but that prosecutor, they were calling for him to be fired for corruption all across Europe. So Biden is the one who actually did it, but that wasn't for just for his personal gain. It was for the gain of. Europe and Ukraine in general. And I believe it was the guy that replaced him that did actually end up investigating 
his son. <laughs> so if that really was the angle, that they don't really work. What is the point of this? Uh, I don't know, because you're right. At the end of the day, he probably won't be removed. Because even if they get witnesses, which would be great, and these witnesses give tell you, yes, this shit happened. This was wrong. He'll do it again. He's been wanting to do this for a while. He does not have the interest of the United States of mind, all, all these things. Then at the end of the day, you still need two-thirds of the uh so you need 67 senators to to actually vote so that's 47 democrats and then you need 20 republicans who they're not gonna budge you're you'd be lucky to get one to budge and it's upsetting because that's the thing i don't understand this is the same guy this is the guy who they're defending he had a tweet while they were defending right before the defense started uh, speaking. This is a quote from uh, your president, Donald Trump. Our case against Lion, no G's, by the way, Cheaton, Little with two D's, Adam Shifty Schiff, Crying Chuck Schumer, Nervous Nancy Pelosi, their leader, Dumb as a Rock AOC, and the entire radical left. Do Nothing Democrat Party starts today at 10 a.m. on Fox News at OANN or Fake News CNN or Fake News MSDNC. I oh, I get it. That's that's clever. That's it fine. is clever. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He he added Fox OANN, which is One American News, and CNN. He didn't add MSNBC for the obvious reasons. I suppose. Of course. But but Fox News didn't even show like the the houses the house managers presenting the case I believe like they weren't really showing that but they showed it this morning so it just shows the how the narrative's going CNN aired everything it's just like yeah okay got it I listened to what Schiff was saying and the house and I was like cool this all makes sense then I listened to what their defense was saying I was like what does this have to do with anything that was just said but. I don't know. Maybe I'm two in the tank. I think you are two in the tank. But that's why I would like to, and the part of me taking time away from social media and the internet, is to actually try to build more objective views when having discussions because I don't come in with any of my own bias. I don't like Trump as a human being. So that already biases me to everything he does will be, you know, that much worse. Right? Like, that's just being fair. Right. We don't, he's a, yeah. he's a bad, he seems to be a, he seems to be not a decent human being just with the way that he interacts with people, the way that he interacts on social media. It's not positive. He doesn't like where Obama, you felt like, you know, I might not agree with Obama, but I do believe that if I ever saw Obama in the street, he'd actually probably shake my hand and have a discussion with me. Yeah. Right. I mean, you felt, look, you felt Make the same you- way with, you felt the same way with Bill Clinton. A lot of people felt the same way with Ronald Reagan, but he was a decent guy, right? Like no one ever says Ronald Reagan was a bad human being. It seemed to be that Ronald Reagan was a decent guy that had some pretty weird and screwed up policies. But, you know, it's very rare that you get a president that everyone goes, well, he just isn't a decent guy. I mean, even George W. Bush to some degree, right? He was kind of a dummy, but he also seemed like he was a decent guy. You can go watch a baseball game with him. You can go have a beer with him. That's what people tend to vote for because there's like he's a decent guy. I don't agree with his policies. Where Trump, at least in my lifetime, is the first time where you go, this isn't a decent guy. I don't think if I saw him on the street, he would say a single word to me. He might even push me over. He, that's just who he <laughs> is. So that automatically brings in the bias of, oh, well, he's such a bad guy. Everything he does is with ill intentions. And is that true? I don't know. 
I don't know. Being objective, I don't know if everything that he does is with ill intentions. Is he just not very bright in some of this stuff and does things the way that you would do? Because what he did, you would totally do in a business situation. You totally would. Hey, I'm not going to send these things to you, and I got to make sure that you do this. I got to protect myself here, or I'll go do business with somebody else. He treated it like a business deal. And is business often shady? Yes. Is business often not done sort of in a constitutional way? Yes. So I don't necessarily know if he's doing this maliciously, but my initial intention is, well, he's a bad guy, so everything he does is malicious. And that's what I'm personally trying to get away from. Well, the comparison to the the company is more like if the board was to say, hey, we approved all this money that has to go to your supplier. I mean, it's kind of a bit backwards, but let's just call it that, right? And then when he's like, well, I'm going to, okay, got it, will do. And then when it came to actually sending the money, he's like, well, before you do that, I need you to, um, you know, I need you. I need you to, you know, to. Uh, I need you to say that you're the, that that you're invest or that you're going to do something with my rival because it puts them in a bad spot and can increase my my visibility, my personal visibility at the company. That says yeah. my striking a deal with you is actually worth more because the other side of this business is doing something that you don't approve of. So you're going to send an investigative team to whatever, like well, however your comparison is. That that's basically what it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if the board sees you and and they're like, hey, uh, that supplier never got never got the money. What happened? And then you'd be like, well, that's the other thing that Trump did. Ukraine did get the money. They got the money after it was announced that the whistleblower said what was going on. And then Trump basically doubled back. He released the money and then he started tweeting people. I don't want to quit pro quo. I don't want any of this shit like. They quote that text all the time. I want nothing. No quid pro quo. Nothing. I want nothing. Like that's what he said. Totally innocent. Totally legal. Totally cool. But at that point, the board would probably fire that CEO. <laughs> yeah, they probably would. So that's that's what you're talking about. And it's like the obvious chain of events is right there. And I get it. You know, the president of the United States is a very specific and unique position. I would more than happily hear the argument, yes, he shouldn't have done that. No, it's not worth worth impeachment or removing from office. But nobody's even acknowledging that something wrong happened who's in power on the right. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. That's my problem. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not paying attention to it. I will get my updates in 20-minute bites from you. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's do a little media therapy. Yes. Wash our palates. Uh, you want to tell me about Bad Boys 2? I sure Bad do. Boys for Life? I want to talk about all this right. movie. And I'm very, first of all, I'm hurt that you, that you, for some reason, seem not interested in it. That, that, that hurts me to my very core. Sorry. I know you're a massive Bad Boys fan. I'm a massive fan. Um, you love Bad Boys 2. is like one of your favorite movies. It is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yep. Then that's fine. Um, so you I, love wanna... it. I love the end of Bad Boys 2. It's amazing. They go to Cuba. They blow up a house. They ride down the street in a Hummer over some favelas. They end up on the, um, on the Bay, of, Bay of Pigs. <laughs> they end up at the end on the beach <laughs> around a bunch of landmines with guns pointed at each other. How do you not like this? I don't know. You well, can somehow is, like the the Fast and the Furious movies, but you but you're not interested in this, which is what my this to me was sort of the start of that genre. 
like the ridiculous sort of action stars with a bit of comedy. I mean, to be fair, it's really like Die Hard in Lethal Weapon. That's really the start of it. But the start of the modern Michael Bay, great camera shots, you know, changing the color, all the stuff that really drove home like beautiful imagery was started with me with Bad Boys. Yeah, I think my thing with Bad Boys is just like the um, the more hyper violence of it that doesn't quite sit as well with me. And again, I, w- I would say that this is not like this movie specifically is not really hyper. Like, I guess I, don't, I guess my tolerance for hyper violence, I think of more. Um, I'm trying to think of what I think of for that. Like again, I, I don't Tarantino. necessarily see this. Yeah, like more Tarantino stuff. Yeah, like the end of the end of um, which I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is gruesome. Yeah. That to me is hyper violence or Kill Bill, where it's so violent you have to turn the screen black and white, <laughs> like that <laughs> level of hype. Where this, I'm like, this is it. There's guns, but like, there's not hyper violence to a point where it's really gruesome. Like, yeah, people get shot and you see the see the wound, and there's stuff like that. But it's not. But yeah, I don't necessarily see this as being any more hyper violent than the Fast and the Furious stuff. Yeah, well, I think that's the difference. It's like when it comes to like the blood and gore stuff. That's when I'm like, um, I get a little skittish. And again, this is this is rated R, where Fast yep. and Furious is rated PG thirteen. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know and what it is about it. I don't know. I I understand. I'm definitely in probably a bit of a minority there when it you are. comes to seeing those kind of movies. But you know, so this I movie specifically. So I I basically want I want to give some history for this. I don't remember when Bad Boys two came out, right? But I want to say it was almost twenty years ago. <laughs> I'll look it up. You're not on the internet, right. so I'll look no, it up. No, I'm not on the internet. I'm staring at the 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 recording of our audio. Um, so I'm going to okay, say so it was... Bad Boys... Yeah. Two, oh, you want to guess? Go ahead, guess. 2001. 2003. Oh, okay. 2003. So a couple years. See, this is when you get old. They, although 2000, 2003 all runs together for me. It's the same thing. Rotten Tomatoes, 23%. Yeah, so they didn't like it, but it's amazing. <laughs> now, the Rotten Tomatoes for this is actually pretty good the yes uh, this movie has gotten great reviews yeah this one is at uh 78 people like it yeah so now look if you're interested in this series i'm gonna say you should not because I'm, I'm i want to spoil this because i don't you're not gonna see this so i'm gonna spoil it so yeah that's i don't mind and i yeah go ahead so i don't I, think there's I, anything I else we're talking about after this so if you've joined us thank you and tune into next episode where uh we'll have some more fun things to talk about but Bad Boys. Okay, so this basically takes I'll try, place. I'll try. To, I'll try to be less morbid in the next yes. one. But we'll so see. this basically takes place exactly the time frame, the twenty years or seventeen years after Bad Boys Two, right? So there's a lot of tie-ins with the original movie. Michael Bay is not the director of this. I believe right. the director is two people. I don't know their names, but Adil Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah. Yeah, so I don't know who they are. I don't know. You can look up if they directed other stuff. I don't think anybody knows who they are. So Michael Bay was sort of Michael Bay was sort of the owner of the. This is one of Michael Bay's babies, along with Transformers, and there's you know, those types of movies are sort of the things that Michael Bay is known for, really. And so this movie takes a lot of the spirit of that. So there's a lot of like slow motion shots, a lot of it's Miami, right? So a lot of color, a lot of sun. A lot of suits, a lot of that sort of Miami feel, sort of like you're in a third world country, but you're around beautiful people feel to it. And so the spirit of it is sort of completely taken from that Michael Bay genre of movies, but it's given a bit more of a story to it. So there's multiple things that happen in the movie that tie into the previous movies. So you're basically at a point where Will Smith, who plays Mike Lowry, and Martin Lawrence, who plays uh, Marcus, Marcus Burnett, Right, they're basically 25 years into their careers, 
And they're getting to the point where Martin Lawrence's character basically is like, I'm done. I want to retire. And Will Smith, obviously, in the series has always been sort of the cooler, you know, the more I'm always going to be young, I'm single, I don't have any kids, all of this type of stuff. He's like, no, 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 like, we're bad boys for life. We're, I'm going to do this until the day that I die. So that's the whole premise of this is basically Martin Lawrence, his daughter is married. She married the guy for the kid who comes to the door in the second movie. So they carry that storyline all the way through where they're married and they just had their first kid. And so Martin Lawrence, and again, for me, Martin Lawrence is the star of this movie. And he's the only thing that stops this movie from being another weird Will Smith feature over the last decade where Will Smith has just made odd movies. He completely saved this movie. Um, because the first 30 minutes is super slow. It's slow. It's almost uh, Gemini Man. It, it is. I'm serious. Like that, that is, so spoiler alert, the plot is basically Gemini Man. What? Yeah. <laughs> the plot's Gemini Man. It's weird. The clone? Um, the cl- spoiler alert for Gemini Man. The, the, they, they closed uh, the, the clone Will Smith? Spoiler alert, the, the bad guy is his son. What? So basically, so basically, years and years ago, on his first undercover assignment, he was in Mexico in a car- with a cartel, and he fell in love with the, with the main guy's wife. They end up having a kid, and that's a whole comedy thing around that, where he's like, yeah, she's into some real dark stuff. She's a witch, and Martin Lawrence is being like, how you not wear a condom with a witch, and a lot of stuff like that that happens. <laughs> so there's a lot of play on the fact that they're in the situation in the first place, because Martin Lawrence, there's a whole montage of Will Smith. is So basically, the, the climax of the movie, so to speak, there's two of them. Will Smith gets shot. So they basically are celebrating the fact that Martin Lawrence's character is a granddad, and they're at a bar, and they sort of make this, hey, I'm still faster than you. And so then they're in the street racing, and who we find out later is his son is sort of on this mission from his mother to wipe out all the people that killed his father, who he thinks his father is. So he basically, and again, it's Miami, right? He's all blacked out on a motorcycle. He comes in, he like pulls the wheel of the motorcycle up and shoots at Will Smith and basically doesn't kill him, but he basically gets to the point where Will Smith's basically dead, right? So that's within the first 20 minutes of the movie, and then that's when the movie starts to pick up, where Martin Lawrence's character is basically saying, I'm not doing this anymore. I basically had to pick you up off the street. I wiped drool from your mouth. I'm done. I don't want to see you die. You, I made a promise to God that said, if you, if I let you, if you let you live, if you let Will Smith live, I'm done. I will bring no more violence into this world. So that's sort of the whole thing where Will Smith is trying to figure out who shot him and almost killed him because his whole thing is I'm bulletproof. I can't die. And then Martin Lawrence is basically sitting at home on the couch eating chips watching tv so there's a whole montage of martin lawrence of like sort of explaining the fact that he's kind of this puffy swollen ready to retire guy and will smith is still you know on the street trying to solve these cases still will smith so that's pretty much the whole premise of the movie so after that first 30 minutes the movie picks up and it's excellent it's great um michael bay is in this movie he plays like a like a dj at his daughter at um martin lawrence's daughter's wedding (laughs) so michael bay is in this movie he just kind of appears you're like is that michael Bay? Oh, yeah, that is Michael Bay. Um, so, look, I, I totally recommend it. If you haven't seen it, I've spoiled, like, the main heart of it, but that doesn't necessarily spoil what happens at the end. But basically, that is the twist, is that Will Smith ends up fighting his son. So his son is, like, this basically this super soldier that's been trained by his witch mother, by his witch doctor, sort of Mexican is there the dead mother. Is there actual yeah. supernatural stuff? 
It seems the- like it, but it's not. He's just really good at fighting and cutting people up. But it's not. But it's not like he's got you know magical powers. But the whole thing around it of saying because she practices this sort of dark Hispanic art of you know praising the dead and praising to this god that that that's who is driving the wheels of all this stuff. Like they kill like for example, not spoiler. They kill the police chief in this movie. The guy that um what is that dude's name? The guy that played the police chief in the first, the captain in the first two movies. Um, oh, if, if, if you see his face, you know exactly who he is. Um, so that's the whole plot. Like they end up killing him as well. All the people that were investigated in this case that ended up killing, you know, who we assume is the kid's son or the kid's father, and putting his mother in jail. He's basically sent on this mission to kill all of these people and kill Will Smith last because Will Smith broke her heart twenty five years ago. Oh, Joe Panto. Yeah, Joe Pantaliano. That's him. Yeah, that's Joey, so Pan- you, you, Joey you, Pants. Yeah, you see his face and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. Um, so look, I loved it. I thought the movie was great. It's everything that I wanted. Um, I'm hurt I didn't get to work on it because I totally could have worked on the end sequence. There's a lot of real ropey visual effects in it that I easily could have done <laughs> just to be part Call of this. Hey, you know what? They're patching movies now. So, you know, if you, uh, if you're like, hey, you want me to do a second pass on that? Um, uh, we could, we could cats it. There's a, there's a chance that they left this to have a fourth movie. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Is, yes. Is, at the you, end, there's so a chance one, for them to be is, a fourth movie. So Okay, so there is a possibility, but do you want another one, or should they stop? Uh, I'll take another one just for Martin Lawrence, to be honest. Martin Lawrence was great in this movie. He is by far, he is, again, Will Smith to me is just trying to be Will Smith. But Martin Lawrence, it really looks like he was like, I'm really, and I believe Martin Lawrence was the one that said he wanted to do this. And it was always Will Smith who said, eh, I don't really know if I want to do this. I believe this thing happened because Martin Lawrence basically pushed Will Smith to do it. And it shows. It shows that Martin Lawrence really cares about what he's doing and the comedy in it. And he really enjoyed himself filming this movie. I mean, there's all sorts of gags where, like, he can't see. So he's got to put his glasses on in order to shoot. Like, he's missing shooting people. And he's just like, you need to put your glasses on. Um, There's all these gags about him not, you know, about him jumping from buildings. He's like, I'm taking the stairs. Again, it's all great. Like, there's all these great gags that have to do specifically with Martin Lawrence. And sort of all of these things of, like... And again, it's great. Like, watch it. If you enjoy Martin Lawrence, that's not Black Knight Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> it's wow. worthy of watch. Again, I loved it. Like, he he alone saved this movie for me. Because otherwise, it is. It's sort of this real quirky Michael Bay wannabe movie. And the story of this being his son and this whole connection of, like, you, he's basically the evil version of you. You know, the same kid that's willing to die for anything and all the stuff that that Will Smith has been sort of portraying in this character, he sees it in his son and he sort of makes this change throughout the movie of realizing, hey, you can't live your life this way. Um, but Martin Lawrence is there to sort of always offer the comedic bits about like family and for him of saying like, I'm going to help you, but this is it. Like, I can't keep doing this. I got my own family and, you know, I care about you and all these things. It's like, it's great. It hit all of those beats at perfect moments and perfect timing. And by the end of this movie, you want another one. So I hope we get another one. I wouldn't be surprised if they spin this off because the character that plays Will Smith's son, he seems to be pretty young and pretty good looking and a good enough guy to sort of build a new series around this. Um, it's just whether or not they've got the comedic touch to make a, to make this its own franchise in a way that's outside of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Well, according to IMDb, Bad Boys 4 has been announced. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised because the way that they left it off is totally for another movie. It's got a lot of Captain America Winter Soldier in it, where you sort of have like 
he's evil, but he's not evil, and he's evil, but I'm not sure if he's evil. Like, it's got a bit of that toward the end. So I'm sure that's going to be very similar where it's like, well, he's done all this bad stuff and I don't, but yeah, but he's changing his life for the better or it wasn't his fault. He was under the control of his mother. There's a lot of that at play that they could easily do for the next movie. You put Martin Lawrence in there, you crack some jokes. I mean, I think this movie is done way better than people expected is my understanding from talking to the yeah, person well, I saw it with. Michael, is, yeah. Michael Bay just does not have a great track record for good movies. So well, even he doesn't have a good track fans record. Fans really story. like like commercially people like it. Yes. But as far as critical critical reception goes and you know, objective quality movies, so to speak, right? He's Look, not really seen I wanna, like, as that good. But that's me, the thing is the fact that me, these guys if, delivered an actual quality movie, that yeah. says a lot. Well I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that basically Michael Bay is if you want to compare this, he's a DJ compared to like an actual musical artist. Like he's great at taking what, what should make a good movie and putting a camera to it and making beautiful images. He's not great at actually sitting down, doing the writing, doing the composing, coming up with the whole structure of the song, so to speak. He's very bad at that because his movies don't really follow good pace. The stories aren't interesting. He's there to make beautiful images. He's there to shoot pretty women and beautiful cities and you know like all of his movies the best part of the movies is the film is like the actual talent in the film work in it the actual camera yeah. work and the way that he uses visual effects and the way that he uses slow motion and panning the camera around all that stuff like it's technically very cool but he can't write a story to save his life he can't write a song so characters. michael can't really write characters. he can't write yeah. characters he can't write again he can't write pacing he can't write dialogue between again the dialogue in the beginning as well is just like oh it's a little rough it's like what you would expect from a michael bay movie but eventually when you get away from that and you actually get to the heart of the story which is there's this evil guy that's killing all the people that will smith you know that are his family so to so so to speak because he doesn't have a family he doesn't have a wife doesn't have any kids he's basically by himself all he's all these people are in his family are getting killed only realize that he's being killed by his actual family by his actual son that he didn't know about like that is the plot of this movie and Michael Bay would have handed that so hand-fistedly and would have spent more time shooting women on the beach than actually trying to get to the point of the story because eventually again like there's not it's not the gratuitous sort of you know beat shots and showing women dance like that stuff doesn't really exist like it's there but it's not the way that Michael Bay really shoved it in your face <laughs> like he did for the previous movies where you're like, yeah, I'm here to watch Michael Bay shoot pretty women. That doesn't exist here in this movie. That's good. So, so I recommend it. it. I absolutely recommend Great. it. Please go see it. I loved it because I think a fourth one could be fun. And it's really just because at this point, I'd love to see Martin Lawrence get more work. He sort of made the type of resurgence that Eddie Murphy has been making in this movie. Well, this is this is only his first. Oh, okay. So that'll be interesting to see what he does next if it's not bad boys for whatever's whatever it is yeah because i believe that he was he was on that streak for a while there's a bit of a pun there because i remember when he was doing like yeah black knight was terrible but the um but he was also in blue streak and he was i remember doing, that and that was around big the same mama's time. house and all that stuff national as well, security right? he did did he do two or three big mama's houses as at least two he did three okay yeah, yeah i mean third, i, I want to say the third that the, one was big mama like father like i want to say that the last movie that i remember him in is death at a funeral that's the last movie that I remember seeing his face in. 
and that was an ensemble cast with Chris Rock and a couple other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I remember like Peter Dinklage was in it. Like it was just it just had a large group of people. That's the last movie I remember him was him and Chris Rock basically being brothers in this movie. That's based off of this is based off of like a like a play, right? Like it's based off of a. Um, yeah. This is a, yeah. Yeah, so like that's the last thing I remember him in, and he wasn't even really the star of it. He was just in it. It's really Chris Rock that's the star of this movie. But after that, again, you haven't seen Martin Lawrence in a decade. I believe that movie came out 2009, right? Yeah, so looking at looking at his uh, IMDb, he was in something called The Beach Bum. That was in 2019. Right. Then he was in a video short in 2015. He was in a TV series for, it looks like, a season called Partners in 2014. Then uh, like one episode of a TV show, an untitled Martin Lawrence project, which is a TV movie, 2012. But yeah, before that, 2011, Big Mama's like yeah, father he was like a son. Star like between 2000 2010, he probably released a movie every year. Just about there was a break. There actually, it was probably up until I don't remember this. Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. That sounds familiar, but it does sound. I don't think I've seen it, but it that seems was two thousand eight. Like, up until two thousand eight, he was doing like a movie a year. Yeah, with the biggest break between Bad Boys Two in two thousand three and Rebound. <laughs> but before that is when he was kind of in the the Martin Lawrence period. Was I'd say it was in. Because after he did Bad Boys in 95, let's see. Uh, no, I'd say the one where he did the most was after he did Life. Right, yep. Yeah, he sure. did but, Life but again, but in Life 99. Then he was okay, 99, yeah. 99. Blue Streak, also 99. Then there was something. He was he was in a short in 2000. Big Mama's House is 2000. Black Knight was 2001. National Security and Bad Boys 2 were 2003. National Security was the one he did with, um, oh, what's his name? Freaking looking at it. Um, hang on, I'll get there. I'm getting there. Steve Zahn. Oh, yeah, the dude from uh, Bad Ape. <laughs> yeah, and now Martin Lawrence him, played, yeah. and, and Martin Lawrence played like this racist guy. It was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, look, I mean, Martin Lawrence between like 90s, the 90s and the early 2000s, he was a star. I mean, the, the Martin TV show alone, like, he was a star. And then oh, he yeah. went away, and then he disappeared. And while Will Smith was sitting there toiling around doing really bad movies, Martin Lawrence was not doing you. anything. He, he was, was, he was in, doing awful movies. He was in uh, Independence Day. I'm saying after 2010, I don't think Will Smith made a good movie. I don't. I don't uh, think there's a single movie yeah. that he made. I'm not looking at the list. I'm taking a guess that after 2010, Will Smith has not made a decent movie until this one. You know, like, when did The Pursuit of Happiness come out? Did that come out 2009? That's what I was thinking, because he he was in that kind of uh, Oscar bait mode for a while. I'm trying to think when that he was. He was trying to win Oscars, yeah. Okay, so you're saying 2010. That's where I'm saying starting? after 2010, I don't think yeah, he yeah. made a good movie. Well, until, he had a hiatus. One. He had a hiatus after 2008, and then he came back in 2012 for Men in Black 3. <laughs> Again, this is my yeah. point. Like, oh, I don't think he, he was made in some a decent, real shit. He was in he was in movies in, after that. He was in Winter's Tale. That it's awful movies, sucks. man. He just made Suicide really bad squad. decisions. Concussion. He was in Concussion. The concussion people was not it. good. It was fine, but it wasn't good. Bright. Collateral Beauty, which people said was like one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> his best movie, I'd say, his his first great movie in the after 2010 was probably Aladdin. Yeah, cool. and again, I haven't seen Aladdin, but that's that's what I mean. Like while Will Smith was making After Earth, 
and Suicide Squad, Martin Lawrence wasn't doing anything. So I think Martin Lawrence was like, I really want to do this movie. And Will Smith is sitting here doing all these other projects. And so I'm just happy that it got made. And it's mostly for Martin Lawrence because Martin Lawrence has had a very solid career. So to answer your question, The Pursuit of Happiness was 2006. Yeah. So again, Will Smith sort of had that real... That the same time Martin Lawrence, Ali was probably 2000, Bagger Vance was probably 98, 99. Now you're was, talking, now I mean, you're talking wild, wild good West and Independence movies. Day, or Independence Day was like mid 90s. That was like right after, that had to be right around the same time as Bad Boys. Independence Day was 96. Yeah. So Bad Boys, you said what, was 94, 95? Bad Boys was 95. Yeah. yeah you said 95, then you said the other one was 2003. So yeah, like so that that's my point is that like I think both these guys needed this movie. Obviously Martin Lawrence more than Will Smith. Because Will Smith, even though he doesn't make good movies, he's still a name. Like he's still able to get projects greenlit. Um but I personally think that this is sort of the path that I think if Will Smith stuck to this for a while, it would do him some good. <laughs> yeah, have some fun, you know? He doesn't have did he win an Academy Award? Did he win Will it for heck, all? No, 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 no. No, no, no. I don't think he's ever won an Academy Award. I thought he was nominated for. No, he, he was the he was the highest he was the highest um, paid actor for a while. I mean, did he win for? I would assume that he'd win for Pursuit of Happiness before anything else. No, I don't even think he was nominated for that. I thought he was. Um, I thought he was nominated for some stuff, but maybe not. Maybe never. Uh, nope, no awards, nothing. Yeah. Okay. So again, I would say his best two performances, right, have to be Ali and Pursuit of Happiness. Those are the two best and performances the, he's and, done. And the Legend of Bagger Vance. Don't forget about that one. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the classic. The classic Fine. Bagger Vance. But then after that, right, for I, me, but then after that, for me, it's uh, it's the Bad Boy series. Yeah. Well, th- I think actors at their best when they're having fun. I, again, or, and these two seem like having a good time. That's yes, why Tom Cruise is always amazing at everything because he's not. He doesn't seem to be trying to win awards. He just seems yes. to be there, like committing and trying having have a good fun. time. Trying to have fun. Yeah. Yep. That's why you buy into it. Well, look, you know, and think, also, you know who else is trying to have fun? The Rock. Because The Rock doesn't make good movies. Yeah. But exactly. he seems to be smiling and having fun in the majority of stuff that he's in. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I decided, like, I think I talked to you about this when we, it was after I saw Star Wars, the last Star Wars movie. I was like, man, Star Wars is all a bunch of bullshit, but I still love it. And the difference between a Star Wars movie I enjoy and a Star Wars movie I don't is really comes down to the acting and the characters. Like, are the people acting on screen actually committed to having a good time? Because that's why the fir- the prequels are so shitty. And meanwhile, all the other ones, it's just, it just feels like you're hanging out with people in space, going on adventures. It's a good time. <laughs> Although I've heard you know? some things. I haven't seen the last Star Wars, but I, I heard how what actually ends, and my God, what a mess of a movie. <laughs> oh, it's it's a bunch of nonsense. No, it's I, nonsense. I, yeah, yeah. Like someone explained I, this I, to me. I enjoyed like, it. Yeah. I enjoyed I like, it. Yeah, I at the time. end, this is what happens. And I was like, oh, God, they don't do that, do they? Yeah, they totally do. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. Well, what can you do? All right. Um, so... Let's end. I got I got a trivia question for you since okay. we're talking about bad boys. Who is older, Martin Lawrence or Paul Giamatti? <laughs> <laughs> Martin Lawrence has to be older than Paul Giamatti because I believe Paul Giamatti is, if I remember correctly, he just turned fifty. I think Will Smith just turned fifty, maybe last year as well. And I believe Martin Lawrence is maybe two years older than Will Smith, two three years older. So I would say Martin Lawrence is older than Paul Giamatti. 
you, you know, the numbers are wrong, but your but my your calculations right. are my calculations correct. Are yeah, right. which okay. is Paul Giamatti is fifty two years old. Okay, yep. Martin Lawrence is fifty four years old. Okay, there you go. How old yeah, is Will Smith? So they, Will Smith. He's got to be fifty or fifty one. He is. Yeah, he's something like that. I was debating between the two. Uh, Will Smith is fifty one. Okay, so he's younger than Paul Giamatti, but just barely. Yeah, and I might I might ask that question again another time. So okay. I figured Martin Lawrence is going to come up way less than Will Smith ever will. So. Yes, yes. So this is a good good occasion for that. All right, I think that's it for uh, for this episode. Till next time, like and subscribe. Find yeah. uh, please send our podcast out if you're listening to it and you're enjoying it. Please send it to your family and friends. And uh, send Jason yeah. some send Jason some news and some things you'd like us for us to talk about. Yeah, and if you got uh, and if you're on iTunes, definitely uh, write a review. That helps. I like how all the podcast services they they basically crawl iTunes, but there's no way. But the only place to review it is iTunes. You can't review a podcast anywhere else, as far as I know. So get on iTunes, review the podcast, subscribe, all that stuff. And uh, we're on Twitter, as I said before, at He's Abroad. Facebook, He's Abroad, and all those links are on our website at he'sabroad.com. This podcast is over. Till next time.